0: Welcome back to Live Mike, final segment of today's episode of this program, 76 episodes so far, Uh, 24 more and we hit 100, hit the century mark. And we'll look back at maybe some of the highlights of the first 100. Grateful to you for tuning in. Uh, Thank you, too, for your patience as the the program today has been impacted pretty significantly by this coronavirus. We heard from the governor. We heard from the lieutenant governor. We heard from the state epidemiologist. We have heard from the Census Bureau. We have heard from so many uh, folks who are serving you in government. And I want you to know that I... Uh, I have mixed feelings, you know, I am one who likes government out of our lives, I I like to to be free, and I feel like sometimes uh, a government, when it uh, finds itself uh, burdening the the citizenry, that it is, of course, in the wrong, Uh, and yet, over the past few weeks, I have seen public servants, uh, elected officials, and those appointed to very important positions in government doing incredible work, and quite literally, this is not hyperbole, please, quite literally saving lives, the guidance that we have been given from these experts, the guidance we have been given from people who have dedicated their lives to public health is, I promise you, intended to help. I promise you it is intended to save lives. Now I too am of the mind that uh, I would much rather uh, comply with all of these orders voluntarily in lieu of having threat of finer imprisonment hanging over my head. uh, But there are some municipalities and counties where those elected officials feel that that is warranted. That, of course, the case in Salt Lake County, uh, Salt Lake City, in Summit County, in Wasatch County, and many other areas around this country. Uh, Thus far, we are not uh, experiencing that at a statewide level. And you heard the governor uh, address that not too long ago, uh, letting folks know, the reporter specifically asking questions about that topic, that uh, he would uh, respect and stand behind various municipalities and counties should they determine that that is the appropriate way to go. Uh, Now, forgive me for that little rant there. It's just that there is a lot that we are learning and there are a lot of people uh, who are doing tireless work uh, in defense of us and who are on the front lines of this battle against the coronavirus. Uh, And I want to talk to you, uh, too, uh, in this segment, the final segment of the day, about the impact uh, on Utah's rural setting. Let me give you a little backstory. Uh, my wife and I, we live in downtown Salt Lake City. In fact, I'm within walking distance of KSL, and yet I'm still, I'm still practicing good social distancing. Uh, the smart engineers at KSL came over to my home and set me up here in my guest bedroom with a little makeshift studio. I've got uh, some headphones and a microphone, a little computer here to make sure I'm able to, to continue this program, uh, but also uh, not exposing myself, my family, and my coworkers to uh, this coronavirus. Uh, and when I realized this technology was available and I realized that it's relatively simple all I need to do is hook it up to some Wi-Fi or one of those Ethernet cables and as long as I have strong enough internet I can broadcast in studio quality sound from really anywhere I talked to my wife and I said hey you want to maybe see about renting a cabin out in the middle of nowhere and I'll hook up to the internet and be a talk show host uh, in the middle of the woods until this thing blows over Well, we looked around, and if I'm honest, we just really didn't find the appropriate circumstance. But if we had, we would have been out there. And I think I may have done a disservice to those living in rural Utah if I had done just that. To help me understand uh, exactly that premise and and other things related to the experience of rural Utahans, I've got Cameron Deal on the line here, Executive Director of the Utah League of Cities and Towns. Sir, grateful to, uh, to be speaking to you again. It's been a long time.
1: Lee, it's great to chat with you as well.
0: Tell me this. What right now is the experience of, uh, of rural Utah and why is it best that, uh, that uh, we not overburden the capacity of, uh, say, the hospitals and the grocery stores out there?
1: That's an excellent question. We represent at the league all 249 cities and towns in the state. So while Salt Lake City and Salt Lake County and the urban areas often get most of the attention around coronavirus right now, because they're the population centers, we have heard from our members across the state about their concerns if an outbreak were to come to their community. Let me use one example to get us started, and that's the community of Moab. Uh, Mary Emily Niehaus serves on the board of directors for the League of Cities and Towns, and the city of Moab has about 6,000 full-time residents, has a couple of small grocery stores, and has a regional hospital that, that services the entire southeast Utah region. Moab City belongs to the local health department, Southeast Utah Association of Government Health Department down there, that encompasses three counties. They have 17 hospital beds that service those three counties. Well, the city of Moab, on an average year, will see upwards of 5 million visitors come through town, myself included. In fact, when you were thinking of renting a place to broadcast your show, a place Somewhere near Arches National Park sounds pretty darn nice this spring, right? Well, with only 17 hospital beds. It absolutely does. Yeah, the service of population, full-time population of 6,000 in Grand County, you have about 10,000 San Juan County, a few thousand more than that. If you were to have the onrush of people internationally, nationally, and even from the Wasatch Front going down, and an outbreak were to take place, imagine the consequences for a small hospital if they didn't have the capacity with ICU beds and ventilators and other necessary infrastructure to accommodate that, both for the locals and for the visitors. So in in Moab's case, when they hear the term stay home, um, when they hear the term stay home, stay safe, they would like to extend that to say stay home, stay safe, and come visit us later after coronavirus is behind us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, anything we can do, those of us who live here in the urban areas, other than just staying away and visiting later on to, to help out what's happening in more rural Utah?
1: What's been fascinating about the feedback from my membership around the state is that the MOAB example may be the most the most high-profile example, but I've heard from members ranging from Garden City to Delta, uh, Mayfield, Richfield, and, and other communities who are all concerned about Visitors coming and and buying all the the supplies at the grocery store or potentially overburdening the hospital. So really, the biggest thing that we can do along the urban in the urban areas is just to be conscientious of our friends and neighbors in rural Utah, so that we don't inadvertently cause spread or cause a problem there. Stay home, stay safe, and let's go visit them when this is all over.
0: That's the way. It's an important consideration that I'll admit I had not made. I'm glad that uh, I didn't uh, make the mistake and potentially overburden uh, our friends in the more rural areas. Uh, Cameron Deal, Executive Director of Utah League of Cities and Towns, a good friend of mine. Grateful to you for helping us understand these things in uh, a little bit more broader terms. Let's uh, make a point to, to stay in contact, see what other kind of uh, wisdom you can bring to our airwaves here Uh, as we go forward with this program. Uh, Listen, that's going to be it for today's uh, program. There's uh, about a minute left and uh, before I go let me just tell you some of the things on tap for tomorrow. We will be, we had to reschedule a few things because of the press conference today. We're going to be speaking to Mary Richards tomorrow. She has a documentary put together which will air in between conference sessions this coming weekend. It's absolutely fascinating and it deals with the goings-on in Palmyra, New York, 200 uh, years ago, not far from where I grew up. We'll also be speaking uh, with with someone who deals with bartering. Money uh, might be hard to come by, but we've got stuff on our shelves to trade.